In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is one of those stories about Jesus that people attempt to explain away. Because it's so horrifying that he rejected this woman who had come to him to get her daughter healed. Now, his reason for rejecting her was she was not from the house of Israel. She was Canaanite, therefore she was a foreigner and not somebody who God had sent him to. He'd only come to the house of Israel. And then he basically calls her a dog. And I've seen commentators say, well, the Greek word is really for puppy. Um, it's okay, you know, he and, and they, they try to explain this away. Or that he, he was doing this to show the disciples, teach them a lesson. But I don't buy any of that. I think he was having a really rough day. For most of us, I think, we think of Jesus as the Son of God, so we think of Jesus as this divine person, but Jesus was also fully human. Now, I don't understand how you can be fully divine and fully human, but Jesus, that's what we believe. That's our theology. And sometimes I think we forget about the human part. So Jesus had been traveling around. He had had hordes of crowds coming after him. People, I need this, I want this, I need this, I love. Have we ever had those days where everybody's coming to us asking for something? I had one of my kids who would go, Mom, 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 Mom. Just follow me around. Mom, 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 Mom. Constantly at you, where you just want to turn and go, Leave me alone. This happens. It happens to all of us, whether at work, where we're constantly getting phone calls, there's constant problems, and you think, can't people make any decisions for themselves? Where you get to a point where you just want to say, no, I'm done. I'm tired. Leave me alone. And I think if you go back in the Bible and look what Jesus had been doing up to this point, he was kind of at that point. No, no, I've got enough people in the house of Israel alone that need help, that are needy and tired and need healing. I just don't have time for you. So who is that for us in our lives? Who is that woman, that Canaanite woman to us? Who's coming after us, bugging us, to the point where we want to say, leave me alone. We all have somebody who does that to us. Now, in my corporate life, I, I had a, a computer reseller, not in Rochester, but in, in my territory, who hired this woman to um, manage their inventory. And she had the most whiniest voice I ever heard. Like, you'd call up and, and she'd say, Hi, this is Mary from the computer. Now, I just want to talk to you about the laser jets that are here. And I just like, oh, give me strength and courage. You know, I, I just, it just, it was like fingers on a chalkboard. It was all I could do to be polite. And this is before the days of caller ID, thank God, I probably wouldn't have ever answered the phone. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. So, 
you know, she, I, she, I would talk to her and it was like, oh, I, I, I just had trouble with this woman. And she, nobody was helping her learn her job and so I had to help her learn her job and I'm thinking, this is not my job to help her learn her job. Like, what's wrong with this company? It was just constant, constant thing and I just didn't want to deal with her. She drove me nuts. And I never met her because she was like in the warehouse and whenever I called on the account, I would go talk to the owners and, and I made a special effort not to go over and introduce myself. One day, I was in Rochester at a little league game and I'm sitting in the bleachers and I hear behind me, go, Johnny, go, you can do it. And I'm like, oh. I thought, it's her. I'm thinking, I kind of like got a little smaller, thinking, okay. And, but unfortunately, there was someone else there, and it turned out she was there for her nephew's Little League game, and her nephew was a friend of mine's son. She goes, oh, Julie, I want to introduce you to Mary. She works at one of your accounts. And I turned around and said, hi. <laughs> And here was this woman, beautiful woman, um, with, with a lot of scars around her neck. And, and um, you know, and so I, I mustered up everything I had and I went and sat down with her and she started to tell me her story. That she had cancer of her vocal cords and she had to have lots of surgery done and she had gotten, went, just gone through a bad divorce and she was a single mom and she had to go back to work having been a stay-at-home mom for years and was really struggling with the skill set and man, I went from being annoyed to feeling this tall. And it opened up my heart to this woman and all of a sudden I realized how quick I was to judge her, how impatient I was with her, not understanding that, you know, it wasn't she wasn't trying to be the way she was. This was the only way she could be. And how I hadn't been open to helping her because she was different than the people I was used to dealing with. Because she was outside of what I felt I wanted to do. I was not open to her. Now Jesus was in the same place and we all get there because we're all human beings. But what we forget is that we all have the divine within us. Just as we are fully human, we also have the divine. We promise in our baptism to recognize the, the face of Christ in all people, which means it's in us. We think more about other people, but we do have the divine within us. The divine that is within us is the breath that we breathe, that the very thing that keeps us alive. The word for God in the Hebrew Bible is Yahweh, which had no vowels in it, but if it was pronounced in Hebrew, it would sound like the breath, like a breath coming out, like that. God is as close to us as our very breath. We have the divine within us. And what it means to have the divine within us is to be open to be open to transformation, even for Jesus, who said, no, I'm not going to deal with you.
but yet he remained open to the dialogue that was occurring. If we constantly think of things with our dualistic brain, it's either yes or no, it's black or white, it's Republican, Democrat, it's one or the other, then we're not open. We don't ask the questions. We don't wonder. We immediately make up our mind. We immediately make a judgment. Where the spiritual life is actually about continuing to be open. I was talking to a parishioner who was going through a little bit of a rough time and was telling me about a friend who said, you know, we all know the saying, when one door closes, another one's open. Another door opens. But if we're too busy staring at the closed door and being angry or whatever is going on, we miss the open door. If we're too busy being right, we miss the openness of transformation that could happen in an interaction. When we open ourselves up where we don't close down and immediately have a judgment, then we're opened to being transformed. So the people who may be most irritating to us, who come to us and may be needy in the midst of our own tiredness or whatever, they're there potentially to help us along our path to give us an opportunity to be open and to be transformed by the divine that lives within each one of us.